Welcome listeners. This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast, the podcast that marries well-being, feeling great, loving yourself, all those good vibes along with, with life planning, with those next stages in your life. So today we interview entrepreneur Sarah Schultz, and Sarah is an expert in a lot of things. Um, in design, she started an amazing event called the Mary Hour. She even has her own clothing line <laughs> called This Femme. But my favorite thing about Sarah is that she's not afraid to be honest. She loves herself enough to be vulnerable and brutally honest with the people around her about how she's feeling. And what it does, it validates those of us that might be feeling the same way, but we're just afraid to say it out loud. So tune in to hear Sarah chat about her willingness to share and how it's helping her grow as a human when she's not always in complete control of what the plan is. Do you remember planning your wedding? Are you planning it right now and thinking, why is this so stressful? You're not alone. With budgets to juggle, big plans to make, and friends and family to keep happy, wedding planning has become less about fun and more about work. Wedded Wellness is here to provide health and wellness tools to ease your stress and create routines that enable you to remain calm and strong on your big day and beyond. Because stress will always be with us. And what better than to cultivate wellness and identify your best self as you move into any stage of life. This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for coming and being with us today. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Sarah, you wear a lot of hats in life. And actually, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know Sarah. She kind of knows everyone. That's true. Um, When people ask you who you are, what do you say? I say, hi, I'm Sarah. That's it? (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, No, that's not it. I say a lot of different things because you're right. I do wear a lot of different hats. Um, I typically lead with, I'm a brand designer. I think that's the biggest uh, component of my life considering that's what my core job is and that's what I spend most of my time doing. But really, um, I'm a cheerleader for so many people. I love seeing others find success and what brings joy to their lives. And so I've been able to create a multiple businesses that help me do that day in and day out. I love that you say cheerleader. And that's really true. I mean, you check up on, check up on me and say, hey girl, how's it going? <laughs> and truly like want to know. And that's so helpful to those of us that are just starting out. Oh, How long have you been doing the brand designer work that you've been doing? So my, my story of kind of how I got my own business started is a little bit unique because it kind of fell into my lap. As I was getting married, actually. Okay, as it does. Yeah, of course. How perfect (laughs) for this podcast, too. Um, So I designed our wedding stationery when Will and I were planning our wedding. Uh, We got married in 2013. And I had it up in my cube at my desk job at the time. And coworkers and partners that I was working with would come over and look, you know, at my space, which was normally a terrible mess. They could never see my desk, but they could see this beautiful stationery that I had designed and asked where I ordered it from. And, of course, I said... Well, I created this myself. And so these inquiries just started, you know, falling in my lap. This is like every business owner's dream. Like The, the business just came to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I left that job, I still had these people knocking on my door, shooting me emails asking, hey, can you help me create XYZ for this wedding event or for a birthday party or holiday cards was kind of big early on mm-hmm. when I was still doing stationery. And so I did that for a couple of years, and then those clients started coming back and saying, hey, I'm starting a podcast, or I'm starting a nonprofit, or 
you know, I'm starting a business and I need brand assets to create and bring my vision to life. And I really quickly noticed as at this point I was full time working for myself and I was focusing heavily on stationery and I was intending to stay in the wedding industry. Um, at this point, I really realized I was obsessed with this entrepreneurial spirit because we're kind of goofy people. I mean, we were teasing earlier <laughs> yeah. about this like undying belief in ourselves that that really the people that truly make it are almost like sweetly naive to the fact they're going to make it. They believe it's it. Just, they just really believe it, right? Yeah. And they have this hunger and desire and this fire. And I have that. And I love working with that. And that's different from the bridal industry and the wedding industry. Um, and so as my bride started asking for help in this very different area of their life, I found that that was the area I wanted to play in. And so formally, um, let's call it, you know, two years. But it was really 2013 when I started really exploring going off on my own. Mm -hmm. There was some other stuff in between there. We traveled full time where we, we weren't expected to work, but I was still working because people were again, asking me, you know, to have this, these beautiful things created for them. Um, and that's, I think that's a different story for a lot of entrepreneurs where my leap to leave corporate America was to go on this grand adventure. And then my business was kind of born out of that space. Um, but I feel like it's been relatively, short in the scheme of all the things I want to do and how long I intend to continue mm -hmm. being my own boss. You really let the market um, come to you. Yeah. And yet you did it while still living your life, yep. which is amazing. Tell us about your travels because that, yeah. oh my gosh, is amazing. I just got goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like jealous of past me. Um, <laughs> that, you know, one day we actually have a mutual friend that left his job and you and I have oh yeah I'm like yep. you and yeah, me yeah, yes yeah, we you, do yeah, you and I <laughs> yeah. that left his job um, a fantastic friend of, of Will my husband and I and we were like that is so wild what is he doing what about your 401k what like all of these fear based questions showed up mm -hmm. and both Will and I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and I knew I wanted to transition away from corporate America I didn't know what that was going to look like and um Will loved his job at the time, absolutely loved it. But one day he came home from work and was like, hey, do you want to go travel the world? And I literally was like, yeah, I'll go pack my bag. Done. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> and that's how I process. Like when I decide something, I'm like, let's go tomorrow. And he was like, okay, nutso, we got to plan and save and create, you know, a strategy. And so we planned for about two years before we actually pulled the trigger and left. And then we were, we were gone. And by gone, I mean like, away from our normal life, our, our life here. From for a about, routine. From a yeah, mm -hmm. routine for about two and a half years. Wow. And we would come back for stints in the summer only because we both love warm weather. So we avoided two full winters, which was absolutely fantastic. In where? Where were you? We spent about eight months in Asia, mostly, mostly Southeast. We did six months um, in the Middle East and India. I studied some yoga there. It was so beautiful. <sighs> And then we did two stints in Europe. And we were debating doing Central and South America. And that was still kind of on our radar. We got back around, let's see, it would have been the holiday season 16, 17. So two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, no, three years ago. Oh my gosh. 
What year is it? Right? It's true. <laughs> yeah, you're it's, right. It's 1920. Okay. Um, 2019. No, I meant like the... Yes, 2019, <laughs> 2020. Yes. <laughs> we're aligned over here. Okay. Um, we were planning to do some more travel and then my business started picking up and Will got a job and we were still kind of toying with it. And then you can't see, but I'm pointing to my round pregnant <laughs> belly. <laughs> then life happened. And life. And, and yeah, we just, you know, you course correct sometimes. Right? You, you switch the plans. Yeah. yeah. I love that you did that. And we were talking before um, we started recording about how we just, this comes up a lot in, in our episodes about you feel like you're supposed to do something. Totally. And maybe that's internal pressure. Maybe it's real pressure from friends and family. Yeah. And it's it's important to listen to what you actually want to do. And you wanted to travel the flipping world and yeah. you did it. Yeah. I think um, like a common theme that I've noticed throughout my life and I think it served me really well is, again, really scary big decisions are constantly thrown at us. And I try really hard. Like, yeah, I see the fear. I feel it. But I don't let that drive my decision. So the easiest thing for us to do would have been had this have this dream to go travel and just choose to stay home because it's it was safe and it was, yeah. you know, stable and we could just, you know, go on like all of our peers were doing, how our parents did before us, how society tells us we should operate, quote unquote, the norm. And um, I just I couldn't imagine doing that. And that same, that same passion and desire, you know, fueled my decision to transfer schools when I was a freshman in college and I moved to Phoenix, which is where I ended up meeting Will. That mm-hmm. fueled my desire to feel okay with taking the huge risk of continuing to only work for myself and figuring out how to make that work and course correct or redirect or strategize differently as needed. Um and it's, for me, served me really well. I, I get to truly live every day doing both a job I love and a life I love. Because mm. that's the whole reason I wanted to start my own business and be my own boss, was for my life. Not for my work. For my life. You could live your life. So I could live my life, yeah. First. Totally. And this allows me to do that. And I just so happen to love it, too. Something about Sarah, everyone that's listening, like, even just being around her, you feel... These vibes, like, it, it's so contagious. It's no wonder that you have an event like the Mary Hour where women, entrepreneurs or not entrepreneurs, yeah. working, you know, more traditional jobs are coming together because it's so magnetic. People just want to be around you and that energy. And, I, I mean, I feel fearless. Like, yeah, I'm going to just start a podcast. <laughs> I'm literally recording this in my in my three-year-old's bedroom. Like, I love it. This is good nursery inspiration. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need to get those things for my oh, baby. Oh, I need that. <laughs> oh, a chair. crib? I think I'm supposed to have a crib. Oh, okay. one of those. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, like, thank you for doing this because you're inspiring a lot of people. Oh, that's really kind. Yeah, and it will continue. Thank you. I hope it does, and that's definitely my intention, and even even when I was in my corporate career, I, I had a team, and my favorite thing to do with them was to help them realize whatever their dreams were, whatever their goals were. It just makes me, I just get so jazzed when I talk to the women at a merry hour, and they tell me their stories and their fears, because this is totally, like, life is really scary. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens, and it can be debilitating sometimes. Like, it's... It's not all a cakewalk. And so 
to hear these women be vulnerable and share what they're working on or what's stopping them. And then in three months, four months, five months, the next year, whatever, see them, you know, actually realizing what they had talked about and bringing it to reality and, and building it out is, I mean, you're an example of that. We've talked about this before. We've talked about you wanting to come do something that all, you know, is wedded wellness. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Like, we talked about so it years cool. ago. I mean, I think forever ago. And it- I probably still have the emails. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just buried yeah, in my inbox <laughs> you know yeah but it's just a matter of, of finally being brave enough to do it and I love that and that's why I love the Mary Hour that's why I love helping especially you know women in business brand what they're trying to create because those are just fantastic ways I can cheerlead others to make their dreams come true mm-hmm. I think I think we can live an and life in a way that many people just don't feel like you can you get up, you go to work because you need to, you get by because you have to, you come home. No. I mean, I, I divide my life into like I'm conscious and I'm subconscious. Okay. <laughs> I live like my daytime conscious life and then I go and I sleep and I'm subconscious. <laughs> There's not like my work life and my home life and my friend life and my partner life and my what maybe will shift but my mom life like maybe that's going to need to look different because I haven't birthed this human yet but up until this point at least that's how I've operated like I have my life and then I'm I'm subconscious as I'm dreaming like I don't think about I'm working right now or I'm not Uh uh-huh which is why I'm really comfortable when people say like what do you do I actually don't like that question because I think sometimes it's we're putting too much value on our jobs. Oh, yeah. But I actually don't mind it. Like when I introduced myself, I talked about what I did. But that's because I'm so passionate. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just such a huge part of my life and I love that. So the reason why I asked who are you is something versus what do you do yep. is something that, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, baby coming. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. That's so exciting. Yeah, I don't identify quite as mom yet. So this that's interesting. And I think we should definitely revisit that once baby's here because often we identify, who are you, Sarah? Oh, I am, I'm a wife or I'm a mom or I'm whatever, which is awesome. I introduce myself like that a lot. Yeah. And when I really think about who I am, it's so many things that like leading with I'm a wife or I'm a mom just doesn't do it justice. I love that you said I'm Sarah. Like, I'm Sarah. That's who I am. Oh. So tell us about, about baby yeah. and how this came about and just like the whole journey for you. Well, one time I had sex with my husband and I was <laughs> ovulating. <laughs> and then a baby got put in Weird. Me. Odd. Uh, yeah, apparently I missed that day in, in a junior high Fifth sex ed. Whatever. Yeah, whatever Oof. that was. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, they probably didn't explain it right anyway. No. Um, yeah, so we weren't planning on having kids, not only right now, but I don't, I wasn't willing to say I was ever necessarily going to be a mom. Um, or let me rephrase, that I would be pregnant and, and okay. birth a human. I uh, I don't think that pregnancy and and actually carrying a child is the only way that you become a mother. I feel very strongly that most women I know are mothering in some way, shape, or form. Whether they have a child, whether that child is biological or not, to me, uh, you know, mother is so much greater than just 
I grew a baby and mm-hmm. then I had that baby and then I raised that baby. Mm-hmm. And so I figured I would be a mom. I just was really open to what that looked like for me um, and what type of guide I would be to, to who, you know. And so um, we this was not on our radar. A very tumultuous relationship with birth control. Ultimately, oh, yeah. Same though. Don't even get me started on that. Basically resulted in me being a married woman using condoms as my only option. Which is like... So fucked up. Are there potty words on this podcast? Oh, yeah. They're okay. on, like, okay, good. Okay. This is weird. Just, just in Lily's room <laughs> saying the F word. She's not. Um, <laughs> it just, I, it's so interesting to me because the beginning of this story to me started, you know, two, two, over two years ago when I had a terrible cyst and I needed to have my IUD taken out and my periods were just god awful. And I was on. Um, a non-hormonal IUD. And so my body was fantastically and beautifully regular. It was doing its own thing. Um, And it had been for about eight years at this point. And I loved that. I loved just letting my body do its own thing. So I knew getting back on a hormonal birth control wasn't an option for me. I had tried everything else. And so it was, you know, I looked at my husband and it was just condoms it is. And we'll count my ovulation Mm -hmm. days. And Mm -hmm. one, I think it's unbelievably, unbelievably disappointed that that was my only option. Like, I think that's a system a that's point. completely failing mm-hmm. our community. And I I strongly believe if, if the tables were turned and men had to deal with birth control in a way that women have to, this would not be a problem. And so to me, like, this story really starts there, where I had no other options. And um, we cycle counted and used condoms. And I'm so regular, we literally, it worked. We just counted wrong. And so <laughs> I I was ovulating. We had unprotected sex. And I got pregnant. Okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> I peed on a stick after being 13 days late. And I did not want to look at it. This was not a moment of joy. This was not something we were excited about. And I told Will that he was going to need to read the stick to me. And I kid you not, I didn't even get the thing out of my stream. And it was like blaring, <laughs> pregnant! Like, plus sign, plus yeah, sign. Plus. You are knocked up, girlfriend. And I just set the thing down and I finished going to the bathroom because <laughs> I was still peeing. And I just walked out of the bathroom and I, I told I'm like, you better go read that stick. And he's like, it's not ready yet, sweetie. It's not. I was like, oh, it's ready. <laughs> Words out. Hormones are there. Yeah. So... Um, there was definitely a mourning period. There was a period of deciding what our next step was going to be yeah. and if, you know, a baby was a part of that or not. And, um, you know, it's funny because I probably, I probably created this scenario for myself because I've always said that this would have to be some sort of um, unplanned experience because like I just intervention in a way I would never I, I just can never see myself ever looking at will and saying I'm ready to try or now's the time sure. and so it was almost like well I mean if it's not now it's never gonna accidentally happen again mm. so here we go thank you for being so honest about that I said to Sarah earlier I I'm a mom I love it but sometimes I'm just so like I, I'm happy at times. It's, it's yeah. hard. I mean, I I don't get it. I, I I don't get it yet, and I can't and I can't imagine. But I don't want to mother in a world where I don't get to say that. Yeah. What you just said. Yeah. 
our moms didn't say that. They just went along with their yeah. day. And um, the problem is, is they probably felt it. It was real for them. They just weren't expressing it. Yeah. And for me, I can speak to my own experience. When I ex- when I say out loud, I'm really down today because this is fucking hard. When I have those up moments, they are unbelievable. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't trade. I was similar to you. I didn't necessarily know if kids was in the plan. Yeah, and yeah. like it worked out for us in a really great way. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this this world. I never dreamed of being this happy in my mm. life ever. That's so cool. Thanks to having children. Right. And I don't if we don't recognize the hard part of it, how could we ever really embrace the great? That's I mean you have to feel both, right? You never recognize the the peaks if you don't right. have the valleys. So how are you feeling right now about it? Um good. I mean, it's it's a slow process. I I feel very um I feel very not pregnant. Like I feel it's 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 hard for totally. me to I've had a very easy pregnancy. Um, my husband's very, very sweet. He also has pointed out that my outlook in general, I'm pretty go with the flow. I'm fairly, you know, easygoing. I, I definitely have high standards and I can be crazy about a lot of different things. But um, I take a lot of things in stride. And so he did point out, you know, maybe some of this is your is your demeanor and your just ability to be like, oh, well, I guess my back just kind of hurts a little bit now because there's a human, you know. <laughs> Stomping on my tailbone. Oh, well, like, the pants don't yep, fit, right. but it's fine. Yep, exactly. Just it's just, I kind of just, exactly. Just like, I kind of <laughs> roll with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really sweet for him to honor that and, and give me a little bit of credit in that space. That well I deserved. Just, yeah. And thank you, because I just was just going on. I was just going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are definitely moments where I look at Will and I'm like, did you know I'm pregnant? Because I forgot today. You do forget. Like, it's weird. And I feel so good that it's like, you know, I don't really feel that different. Yeah. But, um, so I think it's going to be a slow realization. I think there's definitely going to be, oh shit, moments that continue to build. And I kind of have a feeling that that probably happens forever. Because you never, like, you've never parented a 10-year-old before. You're not the parent to a 10-year-old. No. You're going to have to start over when 10 happens, right? Or like... <laughs> Think about when your kid's heart is broken. You know, you've never parented yeah. a, a child with a broken heart before. You have to, you're constantly relearning as a parent. Yeah. Everything is new. There's never like coast mode. So I just, I think we've started to have um, those oh shit moments where you're like, okay, yeah, this is happening. I, I best to go get a crib or figure out a sleeping solution for my little human that'll be joining us in however many weeks it is. I think it's like 117 days according to this app that told me I <laughs> ate my grapefruit baby I yesterday. I saw your I post mean, about that. I was laughing. The like, whole thing is delicious so Delicious grapefruit just in like, your belly. Oh my gosh. The whole thing is so weird. <laughs> so yeah, we're feeling more and more excited. Um, the baby's a boy, which was another disappointment. I was, <laughs> I struggled with that too. I really had a hard time. Um, I thought it was a girl, you know, that intuition, like, deeply was like this is a girl I'm growing a little girl and then I attached expectation to that and I was like oh well now I want it to be a girl and oh my gosh think of all these cute girl names and she can be this little spitfire that can do anything she wants and I'm so excited to bring that into the world and then there is a penis inside of me and you know it's just um it's it's these are these are very purposeful lessons I have a lot of 
I feel like I like to think I control a lot of my life and, and really steer the ship. And, and I do have a lot more control than a lot of other people, especially being a business owner. Like if I like something I can do and if I don't, I stop, right? Like I have a lot of control um, in most areas of my life. And this is going to be a really good exercise of, mm-hmm. of relinquishing all of that. Like, no, Sarah, it's not a girl and that's fine. And it is a boy. So let's work through what that looks like. And even if it was a girl, what if she was just like this, maybe she wanted to be this meek little quiet thing that just, you know, didn't want to make an impact. Okay, honey, like you're going to love the kid anyway, right? <laughs> like, you, I can't, I can't just assign these ideals to, to this circumstance, mm-hmm. you know, growing inside of me, this little human. Some of the real change makers around the idea of feminism, and I know you're so attached to that. I mean, are are male, or they mm-hmm. identify as male, mm-hmm. and so who knows what's coming down the pipeline for your little boy? I have I I've told I've shared this for, with a few people, but my honest reaction, it's it's, it's laughable now. Uh, but Will told me it was a boy. He had gotten like the email from the test. Okay. And uh, we felt really strongly of using the words the baby's sex and not the baby's gender. Right. Um, and so, you know, he told me that we were having a boy, that his sex was a boy. And um, we were both, and Will ultimately eventually had kind of loved the idea of having a little girl too. Oh. <laughs> so, so we both were like, okay we just were like okay on with our day we went on with our day and the next day I I pulled Will aside and I just said I have to tell you something and I know it's ridiculous but it's what I'm feeling right now so can you just sit down and and listen and he was like yeah of course I just started sobbing and I was like I feel like I'm birthing the world's problems Mm. right now and he just kind of got this look on his face. And I'm just sobbing. Like, clearly, I really believe this to be true in that moment. And he's looking at me and he's like, honey, you realize that's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not real. Like, no, sweetheart. Like, that's not what's happening. And I'm like, I know, but I just, we don't need any more privileged men in the world right now. <laughs> and he was like. Sweetie, we, but we need men, you know, that want to help further the mm-hmm. conversation. Like, women can't do it by themselves. Yeah. And I truly believe that to my core. I've never said, um, you know, I'm certainly, I definitely define as a feminist, but I've never defined as the type of fe- feminist that is man-hating. Yeah, or- you've taught me that. I've, I've held that with me many times in the moments of, like, frustration around that that <laughs> dynamic that yes. I I have beautiful males in my life amazing and I'm a feminist yes and we need literally every single human being to want equality for it to work um you know to its fullest potential and so yeah I did definitely have these moments of like well shit I was just I wanted to birth this Rosie the Riveter that just comes out in her overalls and like her <laughs> muscles flexed and uh you know, that's not going to be the case. But I think, you know, that there's still a really cool opportunity to, to regardless of the baby's sex, have a, a super cool human come into the world and hopefully, big or small, make an impact. Absolutely. And with parents like like you two, there's no way that he can't. <laughs> well, we'll see. I've never done it before, so. Ugh. It'll be fun. You never know. How, so you talked a little bit about control and also mm. the lack of control. Now that you're moving into this different phase of life, um, how are you taking care of yourself? You, I've always admired that you, 
you take care of yourself, you show up really full for the people that you're around. How mm. are you doing that? Mm. I've always been like self care is so trendy right now. Absolutely. It's like a hot word. Mm-hmm. I've always loved what we're now all of a sudden calling self care. Like since I can remember, I remember doing little facial nights with my mom or um, you know, taking long baths or you know, going on a walk by myself. Like these are just all things I've really, really enjoyed doing my whole entire life. Um one thing that I've really noticed that's changed though, and I I never I didn't really intentionally do this, but I'm taking extra good care of my skin all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Like I just I love taking the time to get a facial. I love facials. I think I like facials more than massages actually. Um, I actually, for the first time in my life, will like religiously wash and moisturize my face. I just, I'm not a routine person at all. And so I've just kind of found like a few products. I don't like stuff. So I don't have this whole like regime. I just have a few things that are multi-purpose that I love. Okay. That I put on my belly too, because I'm like, oh, this this thing needs moisture as well. (laughs) So I'm just like really getting into skincare right now and, and trying to take care of of my skin and my belly and it's 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 fun right and i do think it's fun and i think too um because you don't need very much like at least for what i'm trying like what i do i don't need a lot of product i don't need not need a lot of stuff and it's just like taking that extra you know 10 seconds if i'm really gonna rub around my jaw or i've loved to like go under my I'm like doing the motions. I'm sure you guys can all envision <laughs> with me, but um, like go upwards on my neck and like lymphatic. Yes, massage. exactly. I, I just it. really enjoy that right now. Okay, I have no clue why, but that's new since I've been pregnant. That's great. Do you you were practicing yoga prior to being pregnant? Are you mm-hmm. still practicing? Mm-hmm. Not as often as I'd like to, um, but I love being on my mat. It's mm-hmm. like I was a teacher for years. Mm-hmm. And I would love, you know, that's something that's definitely on my radar of something to get back into. It's just not a priority right now. But anytime I can show up, you know, for myself on my mat. Yeah. I almost started crying in class because I was just so proud of my body. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe you can still do this. I can't believe that, okay, you know, forward fold, your legs are a little bit more spread because there's, there's a baby in there now. But, like, it just was really cool to me. I felt very proud to be modeling to this little being like mom still does her own stuff she still has a life I'm gonna keep on keeping on and I just was I just think it's really cool what my body's capable of doing I have an idea of what I'd like labor to be like um and I'm trying not to have attachment to that because so many things can happen but even like the self-talk that I'm used to doing in a yoga class and the breathing that I'm used to doing in a yoga class, regardless of what's happening, whether it's my plan or not, those are tools I get to use, no matter how it happens, that I'm really well versed in. So that I, I can only imagine that served you fairly well, that yeah. you had your deep yoga practice. This has come up a number of times when I share, in I, I theme my class around this idea a lot. So mm. when I was pregnant with Lily, my first child, I was doing yoga, but I wasn't as like, into yoga with a capital Y as I am now. Mm. And her birth was fine. I mean, it was actually pretty scary. It just didn't go the way we'd planned. Everything worked out in the end. Mm -hmm. When I was pregnant with Rory, I had kind of like your skincare routine. I had this like intense um, 
pull to to meditate in the morning and I really mm. wasn't meditating much at this point so I started to meditate really early in the morning like 5 a.m wake up and I would I would um do some manifestation and journal on exactly what her birth was going to be like so I'd write Ooh. it down and I like what I was going to wear that day and like what I was going to eat and who was going to be in my house and how long my birth was going to be Sarah, I had that birth, like down to the minute. Mm. I went into labor on a Saturday morning. My dad happened to be here for Lily, so we didn't have to stress about that. My hour, my labor was four hours. Beautiful. Yes, please. Not an ounce of drugs. Well, in the first one, I had drugs, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was like they were both yep. great. Yep. And it was exactly how I planned it because mm. I took the time to be there for myself up to that point. I so. love that. I love that you're you're prioritizing yourself throughout this whole process and it will serve you and remember when you get into the thick of like diapers and all that shenanigans and up late that like you come first. Does Will help you with this? Like do you guys have anything that you're doing together to enable self-care for mm. your partnership and for you? Oh, that's good. He has been I just I he was made for this. Like, oh, yeah. between the two of us, I really thought he would be the one, like, banging on the door. Like, let's let's make a baby. Let's have a family. Let's go do this. So I'm actually surprised that he hadn't kind of poked me sooner. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I didn't even catch it until now. I'm surprised that, that we hadn't had more conversations sooner. Because I'm 33. He's 34. We both just um, had our birthdays. And... Um, he is, he, he's so excited and we, we were very aligned. We've been very aligned through the whole thing. We, neither of us were excited in the beginning. We were both, you know, feeling bummed about the boy versus the girl. He got over everything significantly faster than I did. It took me a little bit longer on both fronts. Um, but he's super, super excited. And so we're renovating our, our house right now and it's very, very stressful. It's not a peaceful place. And he has never... Um, said no if I'm looking at him and we're in the middle of a project I'm like I need to stop I need to go take a bath I need to go I want to go to yoga I need xyz oh I need a parlor burger I know they don't do takeaway but can you go do that for me oh yeah oh he did he delivered and so he's just been unbelievably supportive and in the moments you know he's he gets the wrath of all my hormones I hold it together you know till the 12th hour and then all of a sudden it's just it's an unleash on him and then I'm crying because I feel bad and then I'm like I'm so sorry I don't want to fight I feel bad and he just I love it's okay honey like yeah. this is normal and he's just been fantastic was he or I guess did you both have a routine like that prior to to getting pregnant or like when you were traveling like how did that's mm. stressful how did you take yeah. care of each other um I think one thing that we're both really good at, we're both very, very independent people. Like in our familial units, we were very independent growing up. In our relationship, we're very independent. Um, Traveling was weird because we became, because we had to, we were very codependent when we traveled. Yeah. So there was growing pains on both ends, at least for me, uh, both ends of the trip of getting used to only having the other person. Because when we were abroad, I mean, you're talking, I, I didn't talk to my girlfriends for weeks on end, just time changes hard and we weren't still. So we were constantly on a bus or a plane or moving to a new place. Um, so we relied on each other in a very unrealistic way during that time. Like that, what, that's not sustainable in, in, for me. That's not how I want my partnership to be long, long term. And so we would find little ways, we would both do separate workouts 
I would always unroll a towel. I didn't have a travel mat with me because we traveled very light, but I would just take a towel from the hotel or my travel towel and I would just go practice yoga by myself and he would give me that time or he would go do his workout, whatever he wanted to do, and I'd give him that time. And so we tried really hard in this non-realistic for us scenario of constant togetherness to allow independence, separation, doing our own thing, depending on where we were, sometimes I would go do like a day by myself. Yeah. And one of my favorite days, unfortunately, resulted because we got in a fight and I was like, screw you, I'm out of here. But I had the best time by myself in Seoul, Korea. I just walked around. I went to markets. I watched people barter over these scarves. I mean, it was the craziest. (laughs) Like, it was just so fun. I have so much, you know, appreciation for just getting to do exactly what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, Will does a really good job of letting me have that. Yeah. In general. Being independent... I so agree. Uh, we were just in Vegas for the weekend, um, <laughs> which I hate Vegas. It's gross to me. Like, I don't like gambling. I don't like smoking. Right. Yet, John loves it. So I'm like, okay, fine, we'll go. Right. And he's like, do whatever you want. And so I went to the spa for a day mm. and I worked and I listened to podcasts and I read. Love it. And like, it was exactly what I wanted to do. And then we met for dinner at night and it was awesome. But it's like, really... independent is so important. It's really cool when you... Again, you know, every relationship is different and you you have to navigate that with your partner and your partner alone, figuring out what you want your relationship to be built on and, and how you want to execute that. Um, but I just, I love those moments when, you know, hey, you want to go out and have a night with the guys? Like, just go. Because I get to have a night by myself. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's really nice when you're able to honor that for the other person. And mm-hmm. good for you too for being like, oh, you know, it's Vegas, gross. But yeah, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be a good partner for you. Yeah. That's fun. really cool. Good it. for you guys. <laughs> Spa day? Yes, please. Uh, yeah. Who turns that down? Yeah. Do you have any really good wedding stories? You did a beautiful oh, wedding at Aria. Thank you. Um, funny ones? Or scary ones? Or great ones? <laughs> um, I snapped on everyone during family photos because I didn't want to be taking them. <laughs> okay. I wanted to go and like celebrate and party. And so there was like definite bridezilla moments in there. Would you have done that differently now? Like yeah. who you are now? What yep. would you have done? 100%. Um, I think I just got caught up in what every bride gets caught up in. Me now saying that to me then, me then would have been like, screw you, future Sarah. I don't care. I'm still going to do it this way. I probably realistically wouldn't have changed a thing because yeah. it took going through that experience to realize. Um, I think we would have done a lot different with the budget. Um, the wedding was beautiful and eccentric and I just I can't believe how much we spent on one day mm. and it it's why isn't it wild and at the time it's like never enough at least that's how I felt I was like no but I want more flowers and I want more candles and I want more time with the photographer and I want like you know it's easy that that snowball effect is super easy it's easy more more guests all of a sudden we're adding it in and and i feel the same like it was it got really expensive yet i wouldn't change it either it, i mean it, i mean we went like a little bit of debt after that and it, like it right. was absolutely in but the you end need like, it all. what needed to happen exactly to learn and totally also the day was so much fun right exactly <laughs> us too that's the number one thing will and i had a blast mm-hmm. i said i'm gonna eat every bite on my plate i'm gonna dance the night away I'm going to cut in line for my champagne refills. Abby. Like, 
And we did not sacrifice that. And I'm very grateful. There are people we didn't talk to. You know, I feel bad about that. Like, I still feel bad about that, right? But um, other than that, I love that we prioritized us. Because that's what it's about. A wedding isn't about a day. It's about your marriage. Mm-hmm. And my marriage is with one person. So I I love, I love that, you know, we wanted to have a ton of selfish fun. But that set a, set a really good tone for the start of our marriage was prioritizing one another. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Like there are definite days where I'm like, could you leave now? <laughs> Bye. I need my space. <laughs> right. But it's, it, we had so much fun and that's exactly how it should be. Mm-hmm. We had a long honeymoon I and mean, it was just really, really cool. Ugh. I'd spend way less on my dress and yeah? spend more on my, on my honeymoon. <laughs> Wow. Which was 10 days and absolutely amazing in St. Lucia. But Your like, dress was stunning, though. Like, I remember the pictures. <laughs> Thank you. And... It was a, she was a beauty. Uh, oh, your long, dark hair. Like, I had, yeah, my beautiful. hair was so dark and long. Were you yes. just looking at my wedding pictures, too? I just, like, I forever <laughs> remember your wedding. That's like, funny, because I remember yours, too. And I didn't know you guys very well then, but we have a lot of mutual friends. We have so many mutual friends. And you friends. guys had Spencer for your photographer, yes, right? Yes, did. And we, he had just kind of been like exiting a little bit of the mm-hmm. wedding scene when we got married I feel like because he doesn't do that at all anymore yeah we're talking about Spencer Combs he's he doesn't do any photography work in the Twin Cities anymore but he's in Nashville and he does like I think he does like for Garth yes Brooks, I just saw him like, at the concert videography well, yeah, and like yeah. photography for very large country yes. stars which I am not <laughs> So he no call no showed us for our meeting, or maybe oh. he canceled last minute. I can't remember. Um, Shoot, that's not good. But no, it, I, clearly it worked out. But my point is, I it's funny that you say that about remembering my wedding because I remember your wedding. You had such cool hair, and it was like edgy, but not over the top. I loved it. I just thought it was so cool. Uh. And you got married before me, and I had been with Will for five years, and I was like, when is it my turn? <laughs> I was one of those, which is stupid because I was all of twenty five, like. That's was, definitely yeah. one I was thing. the same, though. I felt like now I'm like, I should have just proposed. <laughs> if I was really ready, I should have just been like, hey, totally. let's do this. Or I should have chilled the F out. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that I would do differently. Poor Will. He was like, yeah, you were crazy. That's one thing I definitely want to tell little man is like, go explore. Go have fun. Like, meet a lot of people. Date around. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked for me. I didn't do that. I met Will when I was 19. Yep, I didn't do that. I met when we were 19. Right. And clearly it's working. I just have told you beautiful stories about Will. So, like, <laughs> yeah. it's fine, right? Everyone calm down. You know, and there's was no reason for me to have this, like, angst around, right. quote unquote, starting life. I was already living a really rad life. I just thought. I had, I had external pressure and expectations as a 20-something that, like, I couldn't manage. It's full circle. I mean, it... Totally. Oh, it keeps coming up. I, All those external pressures. Brides out there. You do what you got to do. Please. Just, like, right. Do whatever you. you need. And if that means don't be a bride yet, don't be a bride yet. Like, Or if it means propose because you want to get married, yes. go for it, please. 100%. 100%. I loved my like energy of my 20s. And like, you know, you can stay out all night and have fun and then still get up and do that yoga class. And yeah, have how your did smoothie, we do that? Right? Like, I miss that. But I, I would like to have my confidence and my... Like what I have, like who I am today, yeah. with like twenty somethings me energy. Yeah, <laughs> that would be there. And then like I think of like my forties. Like, is it gonna be even better? 
Because my 30s have been amazing. And my 20s were great, but like, there's still a lot of insecurity that's in a, when you're in your 20s. And yeah. I can't wait until we like redo this podcast in 10 years and you're like, haha, remember how you thought 30 was great? Now you're 40. And I'm just going to like. And our kids are going to be old enough to like do their own thing. I know. Like, what are we doing? I know. It's amazing. We'll have wine. I mean, I just, I love it all. <laughs> I'm excited. I think aging has been super, super fun. Agreed. That's what, I like that. Oh, thank you, Sarah. This oh, has thanks been, for having me. I hope that the listeners feel how contagious your energy is through the, the sound waves because <laughs> you're doing a lot of really good things by being honest, by you know sparking some thought for people about their life and the decisions that they make. Um, how can our listeners find you? Well, I'm very honest on Instagram uh, and I like to talk. So you can follow me on Instagram at sarahschultz.co. And that's also my website, sarahschultz.co. That's where I feature all my branding stuff um, that'll link you to the Mary Hour website. I have an apparel brand called This Femme. We talk about equality. Uh, so you'll see all the good stuff on sarahschultz.co. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, this was so much fun. Thanks for having I me. appreciate it. Tell Lily that, you know, thanks for the room. That was awesome. She'll love it. That we're here. <laughs> Someday she's going to listen to these and be like, oh, that was in my room. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Um, this is one of our very first episodes, and there's so much more to come. So if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe now and give us a five-star rating. It really means a lot. Tune in next time, and in the meantime, take care of yourself. Thanks, everyone. Bye.